everybody, this is the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, here as always with my friend Elisa Woods. Hey! And we're here for episode four. We had all intentions of recording this bad boy last week, but life got in the way and we had some hashtag adulting to handle. Oh, hardcore adulting. It was, yeah. But we're here, we handled it, and we're ready to roll. I think we have a fun episode for you guys tonight. Yeah, I think we do. A couple jokes. A couple jokes. If you follow us on Twitter, you know what we're going to talk about. If you don't, buckle up, because we're going to talk about the old mansplain. Oh, yeah. It's one of our favorite topics to talk about over lunch, <laughs> and we hope that you enjoy it as much as as much as we will. We also are going to touch on um, the Cyclone victory on Saturday against TCU and kind of a fresh perspective we have of the Carson King for the kids fundraiser from Elisa's perspective. Yes. But first, from my adulting. Yes, from the hashtag adulting. Yeah. Uh, we want to let you guys know that we're having a hoops tip-off party. The 2019-2020 basketball season is just around the corner, which is absolutely nuts. And as we do annually, we want you to join the Cyclone Fanatic staff and others for a family-friendly tip-off party uh, featuring some very special guests. And this year's hoops tip-off tip-off party will take place on Thursday, October 17th at 7 p.m. at the district venue, which is directly connected to Whiskey River and Ankeny. So don't miss out on this chance to get the inside scoop on the year's team from our special guests, take some pictures, get some autographs. And then again, that's 7 p.m. on Thursday, October 17th at the district venue. And again, that's directly connected to Whiskey River and Ankeny. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll dive in on tonight's episode. All right, welcome back to the Timeline Podcast. I told you guys about our hoops tip-off party, so Elisa's going to give you a heads up about our game watch on Saturday. Yeah, so join us this Saturday for our second game watch of the season with our friends from Wide Right and Natty Light. We'll be camped out here at Whiskey River in Ankeny as the Cyclones take on West Virginia at 3 p.m. for a pivotal Big 12 road game. Whiskey River will offer beer bucket specials plus free shots of apple pie for every Iowa State touchdown <laughs> scored. That sounds amazing. People will die. Yes, that's right. <laughs> every Iowa State touchdown scored. Kickoff this Saturday is at 3 p.m. for the Cyclones in West Virginia. So join Cyclone Fanatic and Wide Right and Natty Light at Whiskey River in Ankeny. So speaking of touchdowns, do you just want to talk for a minute about the victory against TCU? Yeah, let's talk about it. So I feel like uh, Cyclomatic has done a great job of breaking it down already. I saw the Monday Musings from Chris, the Football and Random Things podcast from our best friend Jared, and Jeff Woody. BFF. BFF. And I read Jay Jordan's breakdown. So they've got a lot of it covered. But just generally speaking, I thought it was a super well-rounded victory. It was really good to see everything driving. Yep. And especially against a good quality Big 12 opponent. Yes. Uh, all I have to say is that little stutter step by Brock Purdy. I heard he got that from Dave Montgomery. I mean, y'all. I could not believe it. I I just remember gasping in the living room thinking, <laughs> did I actually just see him do that? And it was it was pretty great. And I actually worked a 14-hour workday on Saturday. That's right. Hey, so everything that I watched was like delayed. I, we have a TV in the box office where I work, but I did not get to watch very much of it in and out. And then we don't have what was it ESPN news yeah I think that it, it got, got changed to right yep we don't have that so all of like the second half stuff that I watched was all just secondhand watching it on Twitter and stuff like that well you saw the good stuff then. I did yeah I don't know if you saw Chris tweeted a um, statistic that blew my mind so through five games in 2018 we had almost 500 yards of rushing and this year we have almost 800 wow and I just 
for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem like that this year. And I think it's because we don't have a true running back yet. Yeah. But it felt like we saw maybe the emergence of Johnny Lang. So fingers crossed because it'd be nice to have a running game established outside of Rock Party. Yeah, definitely. Not that I don't like to see that boy run, but I don't want that to be the only running game we have. No, no I agree. But I do think, like, speaking of Brock Purdy, I mean he has a couple of years left, which right. is bananas to me. And I think, honestly, I think by the end of this, he's going to own every record that we have. It's pretty special to see. And I think we might be witnessing a really incredible guy just really come into his own. I mean, more so than he already has. Definitely. I have goosebumps. Yeah. It's pretty great. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so speaking of uh, your little cry voice, <laughs> I feel like you and I both said some shed some tears last oh week. Oh my gosh. So let me just tell you the reason why we were not here last week doing this podcast. So Sunday night, Monday morning at like 3 a.m., we'd been up a couple hours with my three-year-old daughter, just turned three, and she has asthma and it just was not getting better with her breathing treatments. And my husband went to give her a third one in a row and I was like, it's too much. And so he was like, well, should we take her to the hospital? And I was just like, that's 3 a.m. <laughs> like, rah. And so. <laughs> because we all think rationally right, at 3 a.m., right. especially when you're pregnant. Right. And I always have to call someone. So I called the Mercy nurse and they're like, yeah, asthma's nothing to mess with. So we like, fine, let's load her up. We get in the car, we're driving. And then it's like, we're driving and she's like, there's a truck there, mom. And it's like, okay, I see the truck. Like, stop. Yeah. And she just like could not get more than one word out. So we get there and her breathing was just really low. Her lung capacity was down to like 83% and they like you above 90. We kind of walk around like 97, 98. So Um, put her on oxygen, which she was not a huge fan of in her nose. And then just like a continual albuterol treatment. And so we were in the ER, then we got moved to the PQ, the um, pediatric ICU. And we were there for a day. And then eventually on Tuesday, we got moved to just the regular pediatric floor. But, um, turns out she had either enterovirus or rhinovirus. I guess they kind of test the same. So she had one of those two viruses and then it, it just got a hold of her asthma and her lungs just kind of couldn't keep up. She had acute lung, acute respiratory failure, which is scary. scary. Yeah. And, but the doctor explained it's not as scary for kids, I guess. Um, but we were just there for so long and, um, it just kind of, my husband even said this, it kind of gave us like a fresh perspective on the Carson King thing. Like he's raising this money and it's, you know, going to Iowa city and you know, it's amazing, but it's, it's just a thing, you know, but then when it's it becomes, a thing you don't per- have to think about, yeah, right. Yeah. But then when it becomes personal and you see like what the nurses and doctors are doing there, you see the facilities that they have, you see the resources that they have, even the little things. So they had a woman who all she did was make sure that like the kids were comfortable and she like brought in toys for Rosa and she made sure she had movies she could watch and stuff like that. Like amazing resource to have. And that's the kind of resource that they have because of donations like Carson King's donation. And they had like a whole room They had a whole room full of toys that Rosa couldn't play with because she was in isolation because she had a virus. Um, But they brought any toys she wanted into her room. I mean, they really went above and beyond. There was a Ronald McDonald room where we could eat dinner every night because, you know, it's 
kind of better to eat a free meal than try and eat from the cafeteria. Also, the great thing about the cafeteria, the cafeteria people weren't allowed to come in our room because we we're in isolation. So our meals sat outside, <laughs> like Rose's meal sat outside for like two hours until I was like, is that meal going to come? And they're like, wait, is this it? Right the one that's the- been outside oh the door. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so we, we got to have meals and everything and that it was really nice and all of that, you know, stuff donated and money raised by the Ronald McDonald house and stuff like that. So it just kind of gave us a fresh perspective and, um, kind of a more personal perspective on that. Like families who are there for long term, you know, families who are there for more than three days. Right. You know, we thought we had it rough, but families, families who don't know if they're going to bring their kids back home, that's tough. You know, that's, that's the really, really tough things. And that's the tough things to hear about and the tough things to see. And you just want them to be comfortable while they're there. And I think it's easy to get caught up in the, you know, the Twitter fighting of it all. And I think we all got a little bit calloused by it um, a few days into that. So from your perspective, it was a nice reminder that this is really an incredible piece of, you know, well, more than a piece, just this giant wall of money that he's put together. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Way to go, Carson. And I think just like to touch on the you know, what he tweeted a a long time ago, I think that he handled it well. What I think what didn't get handled well was Twitter jumping on it and saying what he said wasn't important. What he said was important. And he said, you know, I'm sorry for this. And he thought it was important enough to apologize for it. So he took the correct road. The people saying like, wow, he was just a kid. Like, no, let him apologize for something that he thinks that he did wrong. And let him grow. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Rose is okay, everybody. Rosa so. is okay. She is just her sassy self. Um, she, she's had a couple one-liners. We're like solidly in kids say the darndest things. Um, a lot of like, I'm good. And she like put her hand up. I was doing some baking and there was some powdered sugar and she put her hand up on the sugar. She goes, look at this crap. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what? And it was just, it was not like she was putting this stuff down. It was just craps, just a word we use for something we don't know the word for, which was hilarious. And then uh, the other hilarious thing that she said, so I'm pregnant, like we talked about last time, and I've been puking a lot, just praying to the porcelain gods every night. And I try and keep her away from it, but she slips in and she always wants to be there to help me. Because three-year-olds are ninjas. Yes. And the other day, she's patting me on my back as I'm puking. She says, oh, good job, mommy. Did you put your mouth poop in the toilet? (laughs) Yes, I did put my mouth poop in the toilet because we tell her, like, good job going to the bathroom in the toilet. This is, you've reached the age where you have to be really careful what you say around your kids. And Rosa is the prime example. Yes. Why? I mean, I've never called anything mouth poop. Yeah, but she's smart and she puts two things together into one. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) thanks, Rosa. Yeah. Now we call it mouth poop. Well, I hope for our sake, we don't have to see any of that during tonight's episode. (laughs) We won't. I'm good. Okay. Oh, you always make it so hard for me to transition and to get back focused. I know. You're so mean to me. I was telling you before this, my goal is to make you laugh just so hard that you like mouth poop (laughs) on every episode. You were the worst and I hate you. I hate you. (laughs) 
I don't even know how to recover from this. This is two episodes in a row you've done this. Let's talk about some tweeters. Okay. All right. Well, before we do that, I got to say, I started thinking about uh, this, you know, in preparation for tonight's episode and reading through some of the tweets that we got from. Uh, people who feel like they've been mansplained too, I started thinking about when did this start for me? When did I start noticing this? And I realized that it was all the way back to middle school. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I remember, so Derek Jeter's rookie season was my third grade year and no one cared about me like in Derek Jeter in elementary school. (laughs) But all of a sudden in middle school, when those hormones start spiking and there's crushes, I started wearing my Derek Jeter shirt and people would say, oh, you just like him because you think he's cute. Oh, Yeah, and I'd like to say that stopped, but that continued well into adulthood and literally until he retired. Mm. And that's just really too bad because I can honestly say never once did I think about Derek Jeter's attractiveness or non-attractiveness except for those conversations when I'd have to defend myself. Yeah. I love the man because he was the captain. It had nothing to do with what he looked like. Yeah. And this was especially heartbreaking when my uncle, who I grew up going to Royals games with, made this comment to me as Aww. like a 16 year old. And I just, it just tore my heart out because yeah. he knew I loved baseball for baseball. And I just, you know, that was really the one of the, I guess, pervasive themes throughout um, growing up and liking sports was you just like so and so because of yeah. that. Yeah really irritating yes did you notice it before adulthood or i and i'm i was telling you this earlier i just don't have a good memory of these things and maybe it's that i've blocked them out and it's truly probably just that i have a really shit memory um a bleep memory (laughs) i just don't remember (laughs) things like specifics but i do remember specifically um when i lived in new orleans and i was a fan of the saints and it you know it was their big year uh won the super bowl and i just remember like dudes that i'd go on dates with or like guys that be hanging out in a party and stuff like that that i'd be talking to and they'd be like prove it like right name five defensive players and it was like how about the one i'm wearing the jersey for can i name that one like what do you mean which you would never do to a man. Right, right, right. You would never make someone prove it unless right. they, unless you didn't actually think that they had a reason to like sports. And that always kind of annoyed me. You said the guys that you would go on dates with and um, Cyclone Fanatic's own Jacqueline Cord sent me a great oh, yes. example of this. Okay, she told me that she sent you some and she didn't tell me what they were. Yeah. So, so lay the, them on me. The best one, she was on some dating app that I don't know because I'm old. And <laughs> the profile on her profile, she had to list two truths and one lie. So she here are her three. One was she used to be a swimmer. Two was she can speak two languages, and three was she interned at the Super Bowl. And her lie was that she's a good swimmer. (laughs) But she said she had five different guys message her and say something to the effect of, well, clearly you didn't intern at the Super Bowl, (gasps) so you should get a better lie. Wow. Not a good way to make a match, just period. Rude. (laughs) Yeah, she also said at various times, you know, she's been at bars or out and made a comment about, can we turn the TV to whatever, and guys are always like, well, you must have a boyfriend who does that or watches that. Yeah, oh. yeah, just great. You know what, Nicole, um, she's one of my friends and I saw that she tweeted at us. She's on my softball team. And she tweeted that she went on a date with a guy who 
pretended to know more about her favorite baseball team. And she said, I can confirm this is not the way to get a second date. Confirmed. And yeah. No. And I feel like she talks about that she gets this all the time. Just people like, oh, you like that baseball team? Well, I know so much about them and they're not even my favorite baseball team. Right. Like, come on. It's not It's not going to go well. No. It never is. No. If you spot Nicole or Jackie on one of those dating sites save them save them (laughs) trust their sports knowledge right we also i also got a good story from jamie steyer it's jody steyer's daughter coach steyer's daughter she was explaining that her friend commented on a murph and andy uh post where they were talking about troy davis being angry about someone wearing his jersey number and Jamie's friend was criticizing Troy, basically saying, you know, you're acting like a child. This is a trivial issue. Yeah. Some guy came after her and said, quote, there's no need to get on the bash train when our knowledge on when your knowledge on the subject is clearly trivial. Wow. Yeah. So Jamie went to bat for her friend, as any good friend does, and told the guy, you know, your post is ridiculous. It's unfair. And the man, the man dug in his heels and said, well, let me back up. Um, Jamie's Twitter profile talks about how she likes makeup and comedy and it doesn't mention anything about, you know, her being a coach's daughter or growing up around sports. Yeah. And the guy dug in and said, maybe stick to makeup and comedy. Like you wow. have Yeah. And that's when Jamie threw in the I'm a coach's daughter card and explained, yeah. you know, I grew up around athletics. I grew up in the gym back off. And yeah. not until then did the guy back off and um, apologize. But yeah. he did apologize. So kudos to him. And that just kills me too because I did not grow up around sports right you know and it was just something that I started to love just organically because I loved it and it's something that I started to play and started to do just kind of organically because I really enjoyed it and it is I don't I don't need to have a reason you know I don't I don't need to have a man in my life who led me to sports you know like my dad not, not a sports, a sports fan. Right. fan. Right. Not a sports fan. And I mean, my my grandparents, both my grandma and grandpa on both my parents' sides, enjoy watching Iowa State sports. Some Cubs baseball. And that's about it. Right. But it's like, it's on in the background and they're doing a crossword puzzle yes. type thing. Yep. So it's not like, you know, my grandparents brought me to baseball games or anything like that. It, it was never like a man showing me the way. It was just what happened for yeah. you. Yeah. Because you liked it. Yeah. Did you see, um, speaking of men, uh, one of our <laughs> listeners, Kevin, was tweeting about how his um, wife, he called her a football genius. I love Which I that. thought was the sweetest thing. But he said people always assume that her dad was a coach mm. or that he taught her or things like that. And I mean, that has nothing to do with it. Right. Um, and then the other one that I loved was uh, Libby Schmidt who said for their nine year wedding anniversary, they went to Lambeau for a Packers game. Yeah. And everyone said, oh, you're such a nice wife for letting your husband do this. And really, they went for her because she's the Packers fan. Yes. <laughs> Just really bad assumptions. Oh, my gosh. And then, do you, OK, you can relate to this because you're a fantasy football yes. player. And I think. And this is maybe a, an unfair stereotype, but I think a lot of women, obviously not all, but a lot of women get into it because their husbands or boyfriends or brothers or friends are getting into yeah. it. And then they end up kicking ass, which is yeah. so great. I love it. <laughs> or, uh, we had someone, Brittany, tweet at us saying that in 2015, her husband tried to get her to join fantasy football and through that process started to become a big fan. And since then, she's won two out of the four seasons. She also decided that she wanted to you know, get in and follow an NFL team. So she started... Uh, following the Patriots and she's 
become a huge Patriots fan, never misses a game. But despite, you know, knowing everything there is to know, she still gets called the bandwagon fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. So my fantasy football life began like, uh, I want to say like five or so years, maybe six years ago. And a friend of mine was like, hey, my husband and his friends have this um, fantasy football league and they just need one more person. Do you want to be in it? And I was like, sure. Um, and I had never played fantasy football before, but she knew that I loved football. And so I was like, yeah, I'll get into it. And I spent, and this became an annual thing. I spent a couple hours putting together like this spreadsheet. Yes. So I have a fantasy football spreadsheet that I work off of for the draft. And so I put together the spreadsheet. I came to the draft. We did it at somebody's house. I, you know, drafted my team and everything and, um, ended up winning that year. And I, in your rookie season, my rookie season. And I was kind of like, okay, cool. And then the next year I won it again. Mm, No big deal. And in the third year, (laughs) I thought that I had lost in the playoffs. I don't know what happened, but turns out I, I won again. Oh, weird. Um, (laughs) um, Is this a humble brag? Yeah, that's real (laughs) humble. I did not win again after that. Um, and then this year I just didn't hear anything about it. And so I don't know if they just didn't do it or oh, I think they did. <laughs> I just didn't do it. Um, but I did hop on to two all female teams. Oh, that's awesome. All female league participants. Whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of fun. And it's just like some girlfriends from two different walks of life and, um, jumped in with them. One of them. I'm a little annoyed because we just went a little crazy and are playing like 20 people every week. And it's just too many, too many. And I'm just not doing well this year. I'm going to be completely frank. I'm not good at fantasy this year for some reason. I think it's because scrolling through my phone makes me nauseous. (laughs) I'm going to blame it on this baby. I think that's fair. You kind of need to be able to see. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't watch games because watching the TV makes me nauseous. So uh, (laughs) I have a question. This is a little bit of an aside, but does your, so this means this is probably good for your hand. Cause at one point you said your arm was going numb from being on Twitter too long. So this is good for that condition. That condition is probably improving. I forgot about that. Cause sometimes when I lay on the couch and I'm swiping through, doesn't your thumb get tired? Or like your arm goes numb. Well, not anymore because your phone makes you nauseous. So am I the only one that happens to? No. Oh, okay. yes, yes, you uh, are. No. <laughs> well, uh, you, you mentioned being on a fantasy football team, and my sister coaches um, volleyball. It's it's ninth grade volleyball, but I still so whether it's you know the the back computer side of it or you're actually out there and coaching, she still gets yeah. it too. She has the unfortunate problem of looking very young. You know, I think she still gets mistaken for a student occasionally. So she has that to go up against too. And then just being a young female coach. But I was at one of her volleyball tournaments a couple weekends ago and during her team, her team was off. um, And so they were, I think her team was, you know, doing the line judging. She was sitting next to a parent from another team and overheard him saying, you know, this is the wrong call. And she politely explained, well, you know, sir, actually, I think my, I think my kids did it right. Here's why it was the right call. I think it had something to do with substitutions. And he kept telling her, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. 
And of course she wasn't, she was right. absolutely right. But then she had the pleasure of not only telling him that he was wrong, but then walking down and going to sit down and coach. And I'm sure <laughs> that man was thinking, oopsie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which those moments are always so great. <laughs> yes, they are. That actually, this isn't exactly the same, but that reminded me of a time, um, I think it was the last Super Bowl. I was sitting, my friends always have this big party. It's like a, some family friends and we always go over there and they have a huge family and it's all their kids. and it's really super fun and so we're sitting there watching the game and one of my friend's boyfriends came over and he was just kind of like talking to my husband and some of the other guys well hey like arnold tatum like who do you guys think is gonna you know win the game and my friend nikki is there and she goes Alisa knows more about football than either one of these two combined, which is not true. My husband knows a lot about football. But um, she had your back. Yeah, she totally had my back. And she was like, you should be asking Alisa. Good and, for her. Yeah, and he was kind of like, oh, okay, well, what, what do you think? I just don't think that's the norm, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she, she got me. She got she my did. back. That's right. I loved it. Um, I think this would be a good moment for me to throw my husband under the bus a yes. little bit. Okay, so I just want to preface this by saying... The man supports me in everything, and <laughs> I know he lay it on him. Let's I, go. When I carry that feminist flag of mine, he's right there <laughs> carrying one with me. Yes. So let me just protect him with that statement before I get into this. But he is notorious for mansplaining when it comes to obscure athletes or obscure statistics. So I'm going to give you an example of how this goes down. He'll say, did you see so-and-so got traded to whoever? And I'll say, no, I didn't see that. And he'll look at me for a second and he'll say, you don't know who so-and-so is, do you? <gasps> I'll say, you know, because most of the time I don't. And I'll say, I don't. Please tell me. Yeah. And he'll say, so-and-so played for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers or whatever yeah. random school, insert there, when he played wide receiver when so-and-so was quarterback. And then he'll pause and he'll say, but you don't know who so-and-so quarterback Whoa. was either. And generally I don't. So he'll say, tell me, Ben, tell me. And he'll say, so-and-so quarterback was Seneca Wallace's third cousin twice removed. Oh, I can't course. believe you don't know that. Yeah. He is a steel trap for this random stuff. And he could, I'm exaggerating a little, but I would not surprise me if he could tell me how many third down conversions we had in the second quarter in oh, some yeah. game from 1998. Oh, same with Arnold. And I, like he and apparently Arnold and Brent Bloom are some of the only people I know that can do that. They're like encyclopedias, you know? Oh my gosh, encyclopedia. Yes, I'm not kidding though. <laughs> you gotta so trademark that. I should. Crystal Bloom, if you are listening, just know that you have a couple of women in this room. <laughs> Oh. oh, somebody already owns it. Well, well, he's for whatever it's worth. Anybody who owns that out there, I, it's a great term. Listen, and that is I'm going Beyonce, and I'm going to trademark it. <laughs> right, okay, right that and Blue Ivy <laughs> getting trademarked right underneath of you. All right, it's just like that. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. He can't remember what I, you know, tell him to put on the grocery list, but he can Ooh. remember some obscure. It's bad. It is bad. bad. And he owns it. Yeah. And I'm not even sure it's a true mansplaining because I think he'd do it to anybody who's willing to listen. I just always <laughs> happen to be the one that's willing to nope. listen. Ben, if you do this to me, I'm throwing you in a headlock. <laughs> I'm pretty strong. <laughs> she is pretty strong. Yeah. That's true. I'm, it's, we're going to throw down. The other really bad example I thought of was this comes up a lot when women try to coach in traditionally male sports or they you know they're commentators in traditionally male sports and the one that really broke my heart was um <clears throat> when Jessica Mendoza got named the Sunday night baseball analyst yeah I was so pumped 
but I broke my number one life rule and I read the comments. Mm, never read never. the comments. No. And it was the whole, how could she possibly know how to be a baseball analyst she didn't play? Well, first of all, she's a gold medalist softball player. Right. Like I realize they're not the same sport, but they translate. Okay. Yeah. Second, you don't have to play every sport you want to analyze. Right. I mean, do you think Bob Costas has played every sport he calls? No. No, he Old hasn't. Old pink guy has not. <laughs> forgot about that. What? How'd you forget about old pink guy? Because I love Bob Costas. And I that was too. a really bad episode in his career. <laughs> but I mean, if you use that logic, no guys are ever going to be able to coach softball right. or any traditionally female sport. Right. So it's just ridiculous. Right. It's just, it's really bad and it comes up a lot and I hate it. I agree with that. I, I, and I'm trying to think, I'm just trying to rack my brain. I did coach like a, a youth boys basketball team in Chicago uh, it was like urban dreams or something like that. It was like in a kind of an underrepresented, underserved area in Chicago. And the kids were amazing and it was super fun. And I don't think I ever really got talked down to. That's good. That I can remember. Um, and then I coached some church league for little kids when I moved here too. And I think it was a boys team. And yeah, again, not much. Maybe I just have a face um, that people don't mess with me. The RBF. Yeah. Yeah. You might. I She's think giving I it do. to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I, and I wasn't in sports media very long, but there were definitely instances of me being treated differently. Um, there was a sports uh, football media day when a certain football player followed me home and it w ended up being harmless and not a big deal, but I don't think it even crossed his mind how uncomfortable it might yeah. make me. And then there was a basketball game when a player whose name may or may not rhyme with uh, Sherry Shubalik <laughs> made me so uncomfortable during warmups that I literally left and went back to the media room. I can't believe you just found something <laughs> that rhymed with that. If you don't know who it is, that's on you. Right, that's on you. But then uh, when Chiswick's staff was in town, you know, they call me sweetheart and think, mm. and I've realized that was not intentionally, you know, downgrading. It's yeah. just their Southern guys, but you're not in the South anymore, right. boys. You can't say that here. Right. So just stuff that, and you know, as 32 year old me, I probably would have said something, but as 20 year old me, I just didn't quite get it. I didn't yeah. quite have the courage. So, yeah. and I, I you, you know, that, that was just, that was just a couple of years of being in around the industry. And I'm sure, <laughs> you know, the Sam Ponders of the world could write a book of all their unfortunate experiences. Oh yeah. I yeah. actually, I listened to a podcast with her on it. I should, should have listened to it again because I'm sure that she had some mansplain moments. Yeah. But. It's, I just think it's unfortunate that <laughs> it's 2019 and we're talking about it, but the truth is it happens. It's always going to happen. Yeah. And the, I mean, the goal just has to be, we have to, we need it to happen less. You know what? I think the actual goal should be is to just have something in your pocket, just really degrade the person who, who does, says it to who you. Says it to you. <laughs> like turn it back on them. Like, oh yeah, well who won the whatever 14th Super Bowl? See, mm, sounds I, like you're not a fan of sports. I always would like in my head, I play out moments like that, but I never can just get up the gumption to do it. Yeah. Real life. I feel like you can. Maybe. I just said who won the 14th Super Bowl and out of the side of my eye, I saw Jared stick his little head up. He knows who won the 14th. He was Googling. He was cheating. <laughs> okay. Well then that's a good one. Ladies, put that in your pocket. 
Yeah, I feel like we should get even more obscure. Oh yeah. You know what? You should just have an obscure an obscure statistic for every every sport that you like. Just build a throwback. You know what? My obscure topic. So I did uh, trivia at work the other day. I facilitated trivia, and I did a music, I did entertainment, and I did sports. And one of the questions was, who did Babe Ruth hit his first home run against? I don't know the answer. The Yankees. Oh. Yep, then he got traded to the Yankees. I didn't know that. He was playing for the Red Sox. Wouldn't have known that. I know. Also, who owns the record for most consecutive games with a strikeout, like being the one to strike out? Should we get the Jeopardy music to play here? Yeah. Aaron Judge. Really? Yeah. Most games where he has struck, struck an out. Do we, is that the right verb? Nope. <laughs> I made it up. I'm trademarking it along with Blue Ivy and, and Encyclopedia. Okay. Um, I know a lawyer who can help me with that. Don't look at me. <laughs> Do you know what the number of games is? Nope. Okay. All that right. wasn't part of our trivia. All right. Well, that's, there's your obscure fact to yeah. look up and put in your pocket, yep. ladies. There you go. There You're you welcome. Go. You're welcome. Well, I'm 32 and I'm, my goal is by the time I'm 40 to assume that people just think I'm a genius on every sports topic everywhere. Yeah. So there you go. Brilliant. Eight years ago. God, you just said you're 32. I thought we were just telling our ages. So I'm not. You're gonna, 25, right? 25 okay. plus 10. <laughs> <laughs> and you're pregnant. That's awkward. No, I'm, um, what's the, what's it called when you're pregnant and old? Uh, geriatric pregnancy? Uh, yep, I am a geriatric pregnancy. All right, there you go. <laughs> so, so take it from us. We're the wise old women. Yes, take it from us. Do you have any Your other elders. terrible examples to share? Or I we... don't. Okay, all right. I mean, I feel like this is an unfortunate topic, but it's kind of fun to talk about with your girlfriends. So, it is. Yeah. And honestly, like, keep them coming. Keep them coming on Twitter. Yeah, because I got a kick out of some they of these. they were hilarious. Right, right. And for the ones that you feel really uncomfortable, like, you know, throwing people under the bus, feel free to DM. Slide yes. into our DMs. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And um, this is a good one to enjoy with a glass of wine. We should have said it the top of the the pot the episode yeah we'll get one now if you don't have one or an oduls is that the alcohol free yes beer yeah <sighs> you poor poor girl <sighs> who's counting it's what seven months to go yeah may 2nd may 3rd i'll be down in jello shots okay looking forward to it everybody <laughs> mark it on your calendar <laughs> all right thanks for listening hopefully we can come back to you in a couple of weeks with a couple more football victories no definitely yeah. all right with that we're signing off go cyclones see ya